We've been talking about Revelation. The Lord gave me instructions. He said, I want you to do the book. So, you know, just to some, they'd be like, I don't, I want you, you know, I wanted you to do a three or four week, can't do a three or four week because the book's got 22 chapters. So we've been just doing a chapter a week. We are on chapter 15 today. So we're over halfway through. There's 22. So you can count up, let's see, 22 minus, you know, so you know how many more weeks we got. But we're learning some things. We're finding out some things, and God is teaching uh, some things to us, and that's what we want. Because of all the stuff that's going on, one of the questions that people ask, and that's what started this series and what the Lord prompted me to to speak on, are these the end times? Excuse me, we're at this conference, and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going out there that you see and, and uh, with Dr. Felchi and all kinds of stuff, and this is the new normal, and you got to get used to this. And I don't know about you, but you know what? I don't want to get used to somebody that's not following God for a new normal. Uh, okay. So I'm just saying. I want, I want to, you know, but, but there are all kinds of, and we were, I don't know how many, babe, were there? Maybe 700 or more people that were inner circle partners that were there. I think I saw in 700 and some people one, one mask. And I, whether you wear a mask or not, I, you know, it's, that's, that's your personal preference. What I'm just saying is I think America is tired of just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm over it. And uh, God is big, and he's bigger than all of that stuff. And so but just seeing the excitement of what God is doing. But today we're talking about God's wrath. Wrath. What a word. Chapter 15, we're going to talk about the wrath of God. Some of that's kind of hard to understand. It's, uh, you know, in chapter 15, heaven is preparing for seven last plagues. Now, if you remember, we've been, seven has been used a lot. The seal judgments have passed. The trumpet judgments are complete. Uh, There's one more set, the bowl judgments. And I mean, there's so much symbolism in Revelation. And then, you know, we think about the seven and seven and seven and 20. So he's got one more set of seven that's happening. Seven is the Bible's number for completion. And that's what this is about. That's what this seven is about being done. You ever just want to be done with something? Just be over it? I'm done. Let's finish this. And that's God's heart here. Let's, I'm done with this. I have, I've told you how this is playing out. I am playing it out, and now it's about to be done. So if you've got to remember, this is all about revealing Jesus. So remember what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, he said, it is finished. It is done. I have done everything that I was asked to do. The seven seal judgments, the world uh, was destroyed by man, and God allowed man's rule to complete its course just to ruin. The four horsemen, if you remember, leaders among men, brought conquest, war, famine, death. The seventh seal, the end of man's rule, leads to the seven trumpets, and Satan takes over. We've talked about all that in the seven trumpet judgments. The world is ruled by Satan. The the gloves come off. The abyss is open. A whole new realm of demons and spiritual darkness. But at the seventh trumpet, if you remember, seven is completion. Man's destruction of the world is complete. Satan's rule over the world complete there was the time frame that god said here's what you can do the mystery of god is revealed we've talked about that the kingdom of the world becomes the kingdom of our lord uh, and jesus this is just lord jesus christ it's the kingdom of god 
So what's left? Why? You might be saying like, I'm like, why is there one more seven? On a side note, how many remember, do they still make seven up? The pop seven up? I used to drink seven up after a football game. Mom, you remember that? I always, I don't know why. And it has nothing to do with anything. Just made me think of seven. So there you go. Why is there one more seven? Revelation 15.1 says this. Then I saw heaven and another marvelous event of great significance. Seven angels were holding the seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. So the last seven is the completion of God's wrath. Wrath actually means anger. The Greek word is thumos, T-H-U-M-O-S. It means fierceness, passionate anger, hot and glowing like fire. So this is what is happening. Jesus is in charge of house cleaning, and it's time to clean house. He's about to come unglued. Now, technically, I don't think Jesus could come unglued. I mean, if you think about it. But, of course, you know, as a man, that's the thing that people don't even get. They think, well, of course, he's Jesus. He couldn't sin. you, you got to understand, he could. He just didn't. Did you catch that? Because that's why, if, if he couldn't, what sacrifice is that? He, he was fully man and yet fully God. But he is now, he's at the end of his rope. Okay, we played this thing out. My father's got this plan, and now it's time. It's almost like, you know, Rocky Balboa and Mick going, down, down, stay down. And, and he gets up, and you can hear the music. And remember, we talked about the song. We can already hear Rocky, at least I can, playing in my brain. <laughs> if you say, I don't know about the unglued, okay, then Jesus is about to hulk out. He's not going to turn green, <laughs> but he's about to smash. <laughs> the Bible says he's slow to anger, and he does abound in mercy. But slow doesn't mean never. We saw in chapter 14 that the grapes of man's wickedness have been growing slowly. Picked for the harvest, trodden in the winepress of God's wrath. I looked up trodden, it just means basically stepped on, under feet, pushed down, crushed. The Bible even says in that chapter that the blood that flowed was clear up to the bridle of the horses. Now, I don't know if you know how, if you think about how they'd say horses sometimes are 14 hands you know, and they, but I mean, that's, that's some high flowing blood. That wine has been poured out into seven bowls, and those bowls are about to be poured out. It's time to pay the piper, so to speak. Poured out on the earth. The wickedness of what man has done is poured back on their own heads. We've all heard this. They've made their bed. Let them lie in it. God's wrath. It's almost hard to swallow. Remember, we talked about John in chapter 10 eating a scroll. Remember how it tasted sweet, but it turned sour in his stomach. Isn't that kind of like this book? Revelation is kind of sweet because it's Jesus coming back. He's coming back to get us. This is going to be awesome. It's the rapture. It's, it's, you know, God saying, yes, I'm going to save you from all this. So there's sweet in that. 
But yet there's still so many that don't listen. I like thinking that God is he's coming back. He's going to set the world right and put it in order, ruling in righteousness. But if we look at the whole story, it's not so easy to swallow. Because there's people that you and I both know that no matter how we've tried, how we've tried to convince them and how important it is that Jesus says, I am the only way to the Father. And the more we try to convince them, the more they say, it's not for me. The reality of judgment starts to happen. The reality of the wrath. It's tough. It would really be easier just to read certain parts of the Bible. And many, even believers go, I don't like to read about this. I just want to read the good stuff. Have you ever had a movie, a DVD? Now, this is what I do. If I just need inspired, my favorite series is Rocky. Absolutely. Is my wife, Kendrian? <laughs> hey, yo, Kendrian. So, I mean, but, you know, sometimes when I just need inspired, I can put those DVD. I know, you know, I just go to the scenes that I want. The training scenes. I want you to do something for me. What? Win. Boom. You have to be there with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's where I'm at. But, you know, I just want to see the parts that I want to see. There's favorite movies you have, and you go to the scene that you like the most or that inspires you the most. That would be easiest in Revelation. Let's not talk about the bad stuff for those that won't follow him or won't accept him. Let's just talk about how good it is to be saved. But God is telling you the whole story. There are people in the midst of my hearing from online or maybe even in here today that not just have selective parts in the Bible they want to read, but have you ever been around somebody that has selective hearing? <laughs> and listen, you all, don't elbow your husband. You just hear what you want to hear. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear and we shut God off. I've done that. We're, you know, I would do anything for her. She knows that. It wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even question in my mind. And we were driving somewhere one day in the car, and people were out. It was a nice day, and they were walking dogs. And there was a little tiny wiener dog, a dachshund. She goes, those are so cute. I'd love to have one. And I said, okay, you know, this is, I logged it. How many, do you ever log stuff? You go shopping with your wife? You don't tell her, but you log it, and then you can go back and pick it up, and they'll be like... But I do that. I'll, like, if she likes it, I'm like, all right. So, you know, like everything that we do, I, I tried to, you know, I just asked God, God, I want to get Kim. I mean, it doesn't sound spiritual, does it? A wiener dog. I want to get her a dachshund. Can I get her a dachshund? And the Lord said to me, he said, yes, if you, if that's, if you want, yes. And that's all I heard. Basically, that's it. I just, okay, and hung up. You, now, in this day and age, you ever ask anybody something? They text you back. Once they get their answer, they drop. You don't get any more bubbles, nothing. They're just like, I got my answer. I don't need you anymore. So that's what I did with God. Yeah, okay, he said yes. So I, I made my way. I bought her a dog. 
And the dog was cute. We named it Max. It was a black and tan, little tiny dachshund. Adorable. The dog was a pea monster. You could leave for five minutes, walk back in that door, and the dog would be just like, <laughs> Sam, my youngest son, loved the dog. Him and the dog connected. Max and Sam, they were just, they just connected. And he would wrestle with the dog. The dog would get so excited. Have you ever seen a fire hose roll on the ground and just shoot water? Picture a dog, and it's not water that's shooting. And Kim is like, dear Jesus! Because, you know, and she was basically like, it's either the dog or me. I mean, it's just like, it, because that's all we were doing. Cute dog. And then we had to go to another destination in ministry. And uh, we ended up giving that dog to someone that was battling cancer. And they needed a friend. And, and that they loved that. But for about, oh, I don't know how many, a while after that, I was not Sam's hero. Because I took away Max. But I had to go to God and ask him, you said I could get the dog. And the Lord said to me, he said, yeah, but you didn't stick around for the whole conversation. I said, yes, you can get her the dog, but not now. Because the Lord knew that was right before Pickerington. That was right before we went to take that pastorate. And if I would have waited, I could have got that dog at another time or a different dog. Maybe one that wasn't, I don't know. But because, now listen, because I wouldn't adhere or listen, I dealt with the consequences. There are people around that have selective hearing, and they'll hear what they want and believe what they hear, or manipulate what they want to hear and believe that. Somebody say amen. But it's not smart, I don't think, to leave out what God has left in. And so that's why we're studying this. We need to know God as he is, not who man says he is, but as God says he is. In Revelation, God is love, but he also has wrath. And in this book, he completes his wrath so that he can be done with it. It's in the plan. So we have to start asking ourselves questions. Can a loving God have wrath, or be wrathful. So we need some more revelation. 15.2 says, I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and it, on it stood the people, all the people, who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them. Now, we saw glass before uh, surrounding the throne, and it was reflecting glory and purity, and now we see this glass, and it is uh, glowing with fire. It's holy and pure, but that wrath is burning. You know, if you ever had to sterilize something, what do you normally do? You put it in fire and get it all clean. I know as a Boy Scout, sometimes we, you know, we would burn stuff off. You ever, uh, let's, let's not even go with Boy Scout, s'mores. You eat a lot of s'mores, marshmallow gets on your stick. How do you get it off? You can try to pull it off, but then it, then it gets on your hands, and it just is like. But most people just stick the stick back in the fire, and what's it do? It burns all that off. So we're looking at, okay, God, 
So the fire just burns. Standing next to the sea, that, that fire sea that we see now, are tribulation saints. Not, now, if you know Christ, you're not gonna, this is the people that did not go in the rapture. Okay? Victorious, the Bible says, they've won over the beast of Antichrist. They're in heaven now. But we need to understand, and this is what's not so much fun to teach, that victory cost them their very lives. They were killed for their faith because they loved the Savior and they loved God. They connected with Jesus Christ. So you have to think about that for a second. Because the people that won't accept Christ, this is their theory. Well, if God is loved, God won't do that. How do you think Jesus feels about these faithful people? This, I'll tell you, this book speaks to me because it speaks to me for people that, you know, you might have been saved. You might be in the room been saved 40, 50, 60 years, 30 years, 20 years, whatever it is. Get saved today, got saved last week. That's awesome. Jesus gives us stories in there where, where the guy, you know, the, the, the fellow that has the field and he's looking for workers and he asks the people, he said, hey, can you work in the field? Can you do this for me? They say, yes, I'm going to give you one denarius. Okay. And they've been working since eight o'clock in the morning and about, the Bible says with one hour left in the day, there's people, he still needs more people. He said, can you work in the field? They said, yes. He said, I'll give you a denarius. He said, yes, okay, they do, and they work. So it's time for payday. The Bible says he paid the last to the first. So the people that were there from 8 a.m. saw the people that started working at 4, and the, the job quit at 5, and they got the same pay that the people got at 8 a.m., and they're ticked. He said, it's not fair. We've been here sweating since 8 a.m. They just came an hour ago. Why did they get? You, you, you have cheated us. And the owner said, no, I didn't. Did you not agree to work for a denarius? And they said, yeah. He did the same agreement with the people that just came in an hour. It made me think as I'm writing this chapter. Well, I didn't write the chapter as I'm studying this book. But it made me think of sometimes we just think, okay, I've been saved for a long time. so I. But we all got stuff to, to learn. But this is how great God's grace is. This is how big God's love is. People can get saved at the last second, and God says, come on, come in. That's what this is about. This isn't about jockeying for position. This is about putting Jesus where he needs to be, on the throne room of your heart. It is God's will that all be saved and none perish. So when Jesus sees these faithful people that didn't receive him in the beginning, but they went through this and they were tortured for their faith or, and murdered for their faith. Fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, there isn't an age here. They were killed for their faith. Do you think his wrath would be righteous and have just? So the balance from his wrath and his mercy, isn't really, sometimes it's hard to understand, it's almost hard to grasp, but both are needed and both are righteous. 
All of God's ways are just and true. All of God's ways are just and true. Say amen to that. These people were saved by Christ, but they were killed by the Antichrist. And they won, but they won in death. In heaven, the Bible says, they have stringed instruments and they sing of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Revelation 15, 2 and 4 says, I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. If you remember last week, we talked about the mark. So these people didn't, they, did, they wouldn't take the mark. And I mean, some of, now we're with a lot of people, and I'm just, I'll, I'll come back to where we were just at. We were with a lot of people from all over the world, and, and you know, we were talking and and, uh, you know, Kim and I were talking, and we were talking with some other people. And, and so, you know, thinking about this, and that's where there's a big controversy of, oh, the wearing, you have to wear the mask or the shot. And that's where people are talking about, well, this is just a pre-before. They're, they're, they're trying to train you in your mind. And you're like, Brett, I mean, do you have to go there? I'm just saying the world is going there. And that's why some people are adamant about, I won't wear this. Because, you know, you, if you come in, no mask, no service. Remember when it was no, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Now it's no mask, no service. I had a friend that went into a store the other day, and, and the mask had been lifted in the state. And he went into the store, and they said, you can leave. You don't have a mask, we won't serve you. He didn't have a mask with him. And so people are associating that with buying and selling. And there are people saying, well, what if they say you can't travel now if you, you didn't get the shot? Or the shots. And I'm okay. I mean, if you got the shot and you felt the Lord telling you to get the shot, that's, I'm, what I'm just telling you is where people are going. You know, if God wants you to have a shot and, and you feel good about that and you feel the Lord, I'm okay. that's, that's between you and God, it's okay. I'm not condemning, I'm not judging, I'm just saying where the world is at. Back to our book here, the Revelation book. They were victorious over the beast and the statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them, and they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name. For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. you gotta, you got to start thinking. I mean, it's easy to read, but you gotta, these are the people that were martyred for their faith. This isn't just anybody singing, you know, hey. This isn't the, the funky chicken dance. You know, they are... They have been murdered by the, the Antichrist and the beast for not taking the mark. And now they're in heaven with instruments that God gave them. How would you like to get an instrument God gave you? Isn't that awesome? I mean, I don't want to get it that way. That's why it's really important to get, you know, let's get with God right now. I mean, let's get, you know, do what we can to show people the, the importance of just walking. And that's what the world is. They're looking for people with answers. The world is in a, 
It's not going to get better, y'all. I mean, we still have some good stuff in these great you know, United States in this world. Yes, I get it. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Well, what I'm telling you is, let's give them some answers. Let's show them how the kingdom operates. Not just with our mouth, but with how we live. What we believe. So the song that these folks are singing is, it says a lot about what's going on. It's about, it says a lot about them now. It's about the Lord. These are men, women, and children who've lost everything through the cruelty of of man and the Antichrist on the earth. Here we see exactly what John says. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, just the thought of how they would do that. It's not fun to think about. Parents that would say, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill your children. Nobody wants to think of stuff like that, but I'm telling you, it's in the book. They go through all that, and still, what do these wonderful Tribulation saints, because something is real. They sing about God. They say in the song, just and true are your ways. God is just, he's true, he's holy. So this gets us to the real heart of what's going on. Because this is what people don't understand. His wrath, is it fair? We all have an opinion or in a sense that's built in about the fairness of God. Or it's what we call justice. There's a difference between revenge and justice. It's important to know that because I think we get them mixed up. So I looked up revenge. It's defined in the dictionary as to inflict punishment in return for injury. Now, the only thing that I would like to say, I mean, I know as we get further on in this, we'll be talking about the great white throne judgment, and all of those things when, uh, when the whole world gets judged for what we did or for who, if your name's not in the book and all that. We haven't even got there yet, but it's coming. That's why it's so important when we accept Christ, our name is put in the Lamb's book of life. But revenge is just like, I'm going to get you back because you hurt me. That's where it's, have anybody in the house been hurt before? We've all been hurt. And wouldn't it be nice if we could play God for one second, maybe 10, and we could get lightning out of our fingertips? (laughs) There'd be some zaps going on, wouldn't there? Because we would just, let me zap you now and I'll think about it later. But yet Jesus, by faith, went to the cross and took care of all of that. People are really sometimes fickle. All of us have been that way, I think, from time to time. We want to believe that God is fair, but in one breath we say, God, well, why don't you do anything about evil? But with the next breath we ask, if he's love, then why does he judge? Why can he send someone to hell? Why does he send anybody to hell? And you can't have it both ways. He is just. 
And truth be told, he's not going to send you to hell. You'll do it yourself. Because he's, he's making us choose who this day, who you will serve. And if you say, I'm not choosing anything, I'm going to stay neutral. Neutral. Say I'm neutral. <laughs> I'm going to stay neutral. I'm not going to choose anything. By not choosing, you choose. You have to choose Christ. That is your only choice. Your name is either in that book or it's not. There is not an in-between. And God does something about evil. He judges it. He pours out the bowls of his wrath and his judgments are true and just. We have to understand at this point in time, God has made every attempt to get everyone that he could that if they would choose to save man. He sent witnesses. How many remember what we've talked about already? Angels. He's giving them every opportunity to let go of sin and repent and find forgiveness. Jesus came and paid the price to drink that cup so that you would not have to. So is God fair in judgment? Wherever we read about judgment in the Bible, there's a strong emphasis on fairness. Romans 2, 5, and 6, because you're stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you're storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. Now in Romans, if you've tried to lead anybody to the Lord, if you're a believer, they call part of Romans, as we search that out, the Roman road. And in Romans it says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then another part in Romans says, for the wages of sin is death. And so God is trying to say, you know, this is coming. Well, he's not really trying. He's just saying it. You know what we describe fair as? It's often described as getting exactly what you deserve. So is hell fair? Now, I, we need to understand, as we're saying things like that, there, have, there has always been another way, and it has been offered. And not everyone takes it. It was offered and it was refused, but the choice is made by each person. And I have people ask me, well, Brett, we're... <clears throat> How do kids make the choice? And I'll tell you, and this is the best, easiest answer I can give you. When you're at the age of accountability, well, what's that? When you know what right and wrong is. If you know to discern between right and wrong, and you can put all that together, you can be accountable to know Jesus Christ. That's why, you know, when we say, man, you need to get your kids plugged into 180. Because guess who they talk about the most? Jesus. Guess who they emphasize the most? Jesus. Guess who they say you need the most? Jesus. And, and then that is who is transforming them. That's who's taking them from glory to glory. And man, you know, and he's still working on me. But God, yet still, the choice is made by each person, but he still offers mercy. If you have faith in Jesus, it's, it's just free. Jesus paid for it all. So God is not just fair. He's better than fair. It's not like you haven't been warned. 
Hell is often described as it's just people getting exactly what they deserve. And that's, like I said, sometimes the very definition of fair as far as what we think, getting exactly what we deserve. But let's be honest. Isn't it hard to come to grips with what we deserve? I mean, it's not like it's a, a sentence that's over in a week or a month. My kids would do something wrong, and we would say, don't do that. And, and if you do that, here's the consequence. And they would be like, I'm doing it anyway. And then they would pay the consequence. But it was for a set time. You will be grounded for a week. You will go to bed every night for a week at 7 instead of your bedtime. I ain't like that. Well, it'll be over in a week. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? So there's, this is forever. Forever's a long time. It's like it's just not ending. So those that don't choose Christ and end up in hell when this is all over, it doesn't stop. So coming to grips with that is very tough. Ezekiel 18, 30 and 32 says, Therefore, I will judge each of you, O people of Israel, according to your actions, says the sovereign Lord. Repent and turn from your sins. Don't let them destroy you. Put all your rebellion behind you. Find yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O people of Israel? I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. You see, God's throwing out warnings all the time. This isn't what he wants. He doesn't want anybody to perish. But in Revelation, we're seeing that that time when it gets to this, mercy is over. Have you ever, as a parent, had it? <laughs> Your kids have pushed you to the point where you have had it. Now, I'm not sure what it is to you, but I know for Pastor Kim and I, there's been times that we have had it. Sometimes it's not even with your kids when they were growing up. It might be somebody else, or it might be this, or it might be a whatever. But when you have had it, that's kind of like Popeye. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. You know what I mean? You're just, you know, you cannot push me anymore. Or somebody will say, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay, however you want to say it, but mercy is over. There is no time now. How about, let me, let me explain a little better. Have you told your children before? I, we were in the library one time when the kids were little. Mallory might have been with me. And there's a lady in the library, and, and I'm going to just pick a name. Let's say this, this little kid's name was Stephen. Stephen, get down. Stephen, get, st- get stop. Steve, put, st- I'm going to count to three. One, one and a quarter, one and a half, and you're watching going, just get the three. Please just get the three. And then, you know, and it just is like, because finally, you know what you're saying, have you ever been somewhere and you're just like, oh, it's on. It's over. That's, there is no more grace. It's done. That's what this is. And sometimes, when, even when our children were small, you got the three. We really didn't do a lot of the half counting. Mike, yeah, Kim, Kim, we didn't even do the counting. 
Come in real close. <laughs> this is for, for sure. Now, you watching online, true story. Ma Maddie was all of our kids strong-willed poured into one individual. Help me, Jesus. Grandma back there, grandma over here. Oh, my. They'd get a call. We'd go back in the nursery at church. Maddie's sitting in timeout. Why? Because she'd just go up, take a toy from somebody, and slap them. And they'd say, go to timeout. She'd go put herself in timeout. And we'd say, Maddie, why are you doing that? She says, it's hard being Have. <laughs> but so she was acting up. And, and Pastor Kim, she's always played the keyboard for me. So, so she's, well, yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't play. So never mind. But anyway. She's playing keep. So she told Maddie, she said, if you won't behave, I will bring you up and you, I will sit your little bottom right by the foot of the keyboard and you'll sit there during praise and worship. Now, to some people, that was a distraction. I don't recommend it. But when we were in ministry, we didn't have grandma and grandpa around or somebody that could hold her or take care of things. It was just us. So, you know, we're, we're up here. We're like, you know, the tag team wrestling fan. We're, you know, she's like, okay, you're in. All right, you're in. All right. So she didn't have, so she sat Maddie there. And Maddie just sitting there. And, and she decided it's hard being Have. And so she started doing something out. And, and Pastor Kim said, I will take you outside and I will discipline you. Well, Maddie thought she's in front of everybody. Probably not a good chance of her doing that. Wrong. She did it. Pastor Kim, stop playing. Probably last song, I think. So thank you, God. There's probably angels. Oh, we're going to make her finish the song, okay? But anyway, she just picked Maddie up. Church was packed. And on the way out, Maddie yells, pray for me. And the whole church just lost it and just started laughing. True story. I mean, she has taken children, you know, uh, we, our children, not taken children. Let me just, <laughs> let me define that. Our children and been up to the checkout, you know, and they put all of the candy. There's a reason they put all the candy and everything up at the checkout. I want it, I want it, I want it. You know, our kids, we just told them no. You know, if they had a treat, she'd give them a treat. Or if they were going to get a treat, I mean, we always kept good on our word. But there have been times with Zach, the drummer that's playing today, you know, I she just like, I'm going to take you out to the car. I'm going to discipline you out in the car. And then I'll be back. Full cart of groceries. Move it to the side because the kid will think they won't do that. You don't, you know, <laughs> don't tug on Superman's cape. Don't spit in the wind. Don't pull the mask on the only radio. And don't mess around with Kim because she's like, oh, it's so on. Because, again, mercy is over. She just pushed the cart over the side. She'd tell the cashier, I'll be back. And, and, you know, you could see the kid's eyes. Because, <laughs> you know, it's time to pay the piper. He'd come back in. You know, he, he was crying, but he'd gotten control of himself. She set him back in the cart, put her cart back in line. Boop, boop, boop. You know, and just start going through whatever. We need to understand what God is saying here. There's so many things that we could be like, oh, I want God to be this way. He's telling you how he is. He's showing you how he is. And he doesn't want anybody to really have to deal with all of what we're looking at. Revelation 15, 5 and 8 says, I saw the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, 
and was thrown wide open. The seven angels who were holding the seven plagues came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen, gold sashes across their chests. One of the four living beings handed each of these seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. I mean, I, I just picture that in my mind. I just start saying, man, I don't know what God is feeling. I mean, I'm not God. I don't know. But I do know how important people are to Jesus and God. The Holy Spirit, the three in one, how they're important to God. Because when we talk about true riches, man's idea of true riches are stuff, wealth, things. God's true riches are people. You were created because he loved you. And he wants to spend time with you forever. Hell is a separation of that. And he doesn't want anybody to experience. Actually, hell was created for the devil and his angels and demons. So let me ask you this morning as we end this session today. Next week, chapter 16, we got to go to 22. But let me ask you. Where are you at? Those that are online. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just reading it from the book. As they're just getting some, maybe some soft altar music, just I want you to ask yourself this question. If you are online, you're watching us, or you're right here and you're saying, I know God, but not to the level I need to. Or I like God when I'm in trouble. There's a lot of people that do that. We send up those flare prayers when everything goes wrong. But what about when everything is right? And then we have non-believers that will grab these and say, well, then God isn't love. God is giving you every opportunity to get things right. can't just read part of it and go well there's no wrath there's no judgment live however y'all want and everybody makes it all roads lead to the same place they don't 